If you have your Bibles tonight, hallelujah. Would you open them, please, to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1. As is our custom, we'll get on the devil with a short stick and we'll knock him out. Amen? Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, when you're there, say amen. <clears throat> Beginning with the fifth verse. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abijah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, they were blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he, that is Zechariah, executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right hand side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to preach for a few moments tonight. A people made ready for the coming of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the glory of God that we have sensed in this service. And really, Father, since we've come to San Francisco, I know that you have begun something here that will sweep across this nation like a wildfire that cannot be stopped. A Holy Ghost fire has begun. And I pray that you would lift us between the heavens and the earth. This evening, Father, that you would take us deeper now, that we might behold wondrous things out of thy word, out of thy law, out of thy truth. We take authority over the enemy in the name of Jesus. 
We bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You must yield now to the proclamation of the word of Almighty God. For thou art 100% totally and absolutely unequivocally defeated by the power of Almighty God. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus, which cleanses everyone within the sound of my voice. We will always give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in all God's people said. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put your hands together and praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I was debating tonight on what it is that we should be speaking about. All day long, all week long, really, we have been feeling the struggle of, of, of spiritual warfare. You see, the devil doesn't want us to have a revival, amen? Sometimes I state the obvious. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to come down here with you all. Is that all right? Amen. The Bible tells us that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ hung and died on a cross. And that after he shed his blood and they took him down from the cross, that they put him in a grave. And, and thank God he didn't stay there in the grave. Amen. You see, we don't serve a dead Savior. I said we do not serve a dead Savior. Hallelujah. 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 The Apostle Paul tells us that if we are Christians only in this life. How are you, Brother Alex? Amen. If we are Christians only in this life, then we are the most miserable of creatures because we're believing a lie. If Jesus Christ didn't raise from the dead, then our hope is in vain. What are we doing? Hmm? Might as well just go out. It's Friday night. I'll meet you down at the club. Eat, drink, party because tomorrow we die and then, then what's the difference? But if he rose from the dead, and he did, then all of humanity is heading headlong towards an encounter with God. See, this is the difference between Christianity and the, and the rest of the world's religions. You can go tonight. I love saying this because it's true. You can go tonight to the Middle East. And you will find the grave of one they call Muhammad. You can climb to the highest Himalayas into the Tibetan mountains and there you will find the grave of one called Buddha. You can go into Beijing, China and there find temples and altars uh, erected to, to Confucius and there you will find his body dead. You can go tonight to Moscow, the seat of, of Marxism and Linen, uh, Leninism, and, and there you will find a, a, a linen uh, in, a, in, a, in a glass coffin, dead. And they got to go in there and perfume him every now and then. And they got to put makeup on him because he's dead. And they will line up for miles to come look at this dead guy. But if you go to Jerusalem tonight, you can search high and low from Dan to Beersheba and every corner of Israel that you want. You can go to the graveyard and you will not find the tomb that says Jesus Christ because he's not there. He's alive. The Bible said on the third day, the angel rolled the stone away and he rose from the dead to save you and to save me. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us a story of two people, Zechariah and Elizabeth. You see, the Bible tells us that there was two, Zechariah, one Elizabeth. The name Zechariah means God remembers. The name Elizabeth means his oath and his promise. When we come to the close of the book of Malachi, we, 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 we have a span of about 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. And there was about 400 years of silence. And it would be in that 400-year time period of human history that the Jews would erect a ritual, a religious system, a temple. And for hundreds of years, they would institute ritualistic worship. But they had lost the relationship with God. These people who had once known the power of God. These people who, who God, by sending Moses into Egypt, would take them out and confront Pharaoh some couple thousand years before. And he would walk up to Pharaoh and he would say, let my people go. And he would tell him, well, who are you? And who sent you? He said, the great I am sent me. And he said, let my people go. This people that was born out of the miraculous. The Bible tells us that when the children of Israel were let go and they were set free out of Egypt after a series of about ten plagues. The final plague, we are told, uh, he, uh, God warns uh, Moses and says, the death angel is coming through town. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he will not let you go. But I will send the death angel and I will require that the firstborn in every Egyptian's house shall be slain. But you, Moses, you take a lamb. You take a lamb without spot and without blemish. And you slay this lamb. And you roast this lamb completely. And you take the blood of the lamb and you apply it to the doorpost of your house. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. What are you trying to tell me? That lamb was a type of Jesus Christ. If the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life, you have been forgiven. You have been set free. Hallelujah. This people who had known uh, the great deliverance out of Egypt and they would cross over into, into uh, out of Egypt over and through the Red Sea on dry ground, the Bible says. And God would give them manna from heaven and, and he would give them the oracles of God and he would, uh, the Bible tells us he would appear to them as a pillar of fire by night and a, and a pillar of cloud by day. They were a miraculous people. They knew the power of God. And they would go into the promised land and God would prosper them. And he would raise up to them great judges and prophets and kings. This people of David, this people of Solomon. But they would play the fool. And when God began to bless them as a nation, they began to turn their eyes away from God towards the idols and towards the sin and towards the idolatry of other nations around them. And they lost the beauty and the power of God that had once rested upon them as a nation. 
You see, America stands like that today. We who once were born out of the mighty hand of God as, as people crossed an ocean to come to this land that they might seek God. We, a people who once knew the presence of God, we who once knew Spurgeon and Finney and William Seymour, we have become like Israel was so many years ago and we turned our back on God and because of it, we live under a judgment hand of God in this nation today. Tonight, we stand on the brink of destruction in this nation. We are living in a generation that has gone mad. We're afraid to, to, to walk down the street at night because someone might jump out and get us. We lock our doors. We chain our bicycles at school because even our children have turned into thieves. That which used to be called uh, uh, you know, right and good is now laughed upon and scorned and, and we, have, we, have, we have become so mixed up that we don't know if up is up and down is down. Our churches that once used to have the power of God flowing through them have now nothing more inside of them but pop psychology and a Starbucks and a donut. And when somebody comes through the door, they don't find any deliverance there. They don't find the Holy Spirit there. And we wonder why our economy teeters on the brink of destruction. We wonder why one out of every two marriages ends in divorce. We wonder why we kill our babies in this nation two million every year in their mother's womb. America, America, God had shed her grace on thee. And I see a parallel with what happened just prior to the coming of the first time of the Lord and what is happening now. For even though we can paint a picture of society that is horrible and awful, like Elijah once said, I'm the only one that's left, Elijah told God. He said, no, 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 Mr. Prophet, there are 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. I know where my people are. There are those that are crying out for holiness, those that are crying out for righteousness, those that are putting a demand on heaven like Hannah did so many years ago. Give me children lest I die. And after 400 years of silence, Zechariah, the Bible tells us, heads to the temple. Well stricken in years. He represents a move of God in the last days. A church that has grown up and seen the corruption of the age overtake it. But remember what Zechariah's name means. His name means God remembers. His wife's name, Elizabeth, means his oath and his promise. What was God telling us in this story in type and shadow that no matter how dark it is out there, God remembers his oath 
and his promise. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten you. He has not left you behind. Oh, I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. I hear the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees. I hear the sound of the Holy Spirit revival that is coming upon this nation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's been so long since we've heard preaching that convicts the sinner of sin that we don't even know what it is anymore. We are the children of God, those of you that are saying, we are supposed to be a light set on a hill. We are supposed to be different than the world. Do you hate me because I tell you the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely insane. I was a crackhead, a meth addict. I, would, I drank enough Jack Daniels to float a battleship. My hair was down to here. I used to go hang out on the beaches of Southern California. I would roll up my bong inside of a, 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 an old beach tower and hitchhike all the way there, get high every single day. And I want to tell you something. It wasn't some cute little pop psychology message that affected my heart. It wasn't some Christian so-called rock band. It wasn't some guy who was tattooed with earrings on his ear that, that moved my heart. It wasn't some stupid rap group that moved upon me. It was the preaching of the word of Almighty God that convicted me of my sin, that told me I was going to hell if I didn't repent. And it got a hold of me and it set me free. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. God, give us a revival of the Holy Ghost. God, give us preachers full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. I get so tired of what I see on so-called Christian television. God, give me somebody with calluses on their knees. Give me somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. Give me somebody who's not afraid to go down into the pits of hell and snatch somebody to make the prostitute pure, the drug addict free, to give the alcoholic a drink from the heavenly water where he will never thirst again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. He alone is worthy to be praised. He alone is worthy to be praised. He alone is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 And Zechariah goes into the temple. And the Bible says that he was of the eighth order of Abijah. When King David had set in course the, the way that the priest would serve in the temple, he separated them into 12 
different tribes or relatives of tribes in the tribe of Levi. Zechariah and Elizabeth were of the tribe of Levi. They were of the father named Abijah of the eighth order. What God was telling us, eight is the number of new beginning. What he was prophesying, that though it had been quiet for some 400 years, he had not forgotten the promise that he had given, that he was going to send a redeemer. He was going to send a savior. He was going to send somebody who would set the world free from their sin. And when religion least expected it, he moved by his spirit. And he broke into human history. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they weren't very slick looking, unlike our preachers on TV today. As a matter of fact, Elizabeth would bring forth a son, a preacher. His name was called John. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you went to John's church, hmm? You wouldn't find any pews there. You'd have to pull up an old rock and maybe kick a cactus out of the way because he wasn't welcome in the church. But he was welcome in the church of the Holy Ghost. He was welcome where God said, that's where my power is. I can't move in that building anymore. So I'm going to take me somebody and put them over here. I'm going to clothe him in camel's hair, gird him with a leather girdle. He's going to eat locusts and wild honey, and he will say thus, say the Lord hallelujah oh it's God something new is about to happen well, I just feel like something good it's about to happen I just feel like something good. It's on the way. 